1: uh, virtual health coaching sessions and corporate wellness programs. All the information at High Five Health and It is
0: Christine Conti and I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at.
1: I'm in a mood, Conti. You
0: are. I'm in a mood. What's going on?
1: Did Nothing. you have
0: your run today?
1: Actually, I quit running today.
0: You quit running today?
1: Yeah, just for today. Took a day oh, off. Oh, you had a day off? Yeah, took a day off. Yeah, you probably I've been hit I've been hitting it pretty hard, Conti. Yeah. yeah you, you probably need...
0: needed to regulate your glucose level. Well, this weekend
1: is the uh first annual Punk Rocked Run Joe Strummer Foundation <gasps> uh, uh virtual Wait. Tomorrow. 21K, 21 so tw- yeah, t- uh, tomorrow
0: I have to run the half marathon, right? If you like. Okay, yeah. That's on. tomorrow. Agenda.
1: the next day, you got all weekend to do it, so n- not everyone's doing it like at the same time, you know, people. And I'm going to do it tomorrow morning. Some Thank people you. can't run a half marathon. I knew I, we knew want I had something on my calendar. Include them. So good.
0: Are you having a group? Is there groups? awesome?
1: How's your glucose levels though? Before we get into this run, I'm going to. Well,
0: I'm going to check them um, at some point in the future. Today was really cool. Brian's like, shoot, Carly was great. I'm like, every you know, there's people that we really you know love on the show. Well, most of our guests we love. We said like 99 point. Two percent of our <laughs> guests like are just freaking awesome. That, yeah, that's it's true. Point eight percent go is away. Great. Carly Hayes is a registered dietitian nutritionist. And now before all of you were like, oh no. Um <laughs> she actually specializes actually part of her bio is that she specializes in bariatric nutrition therapy and weight loss. Um but she is in the preventative spectrum, and she actually works for a company called Nutrisense, and before you're like, what is this? Oh no, this is
1: cool. It's pretty cool. Really cool, Brian. Uh, uh, Nutrisense is a startup company that has uh, wearable technology to Mm. monitor, continually monitor glucose. Um, Continual Glucose Monitoring, CGM, and allow um, you to get more feedback than the simple snapshot of your fasted glucose Mm -hmm. uh, levels, which is what you would get from a normal blood test. This uh, provides uh, information not only to the people who are wearing the wearable uh which you'll love how this uh, how that goes how that works i'll let you listen to the episode right to, your phone. To, uh, to understand and then it goes all the information goes to an app on the phone that is then backed by a person like carly a professional uh who will be able to um you know read the data and and discuss the data and see what happens when you would eat certain foods and when glucose levels are spiking and when they're, they're, you know, riding a steady wave and when, you know, you're optimal and when you're not optimal and all this data is used, um, you know, to provide uh, just quality feedback as to how you should be eating, when you should be eating, what you should be eating uh, and and just helping people um, prevent things like diabetes as well as, uh, you know, Performance in athletics. Yeah, let's be honest here. All of you
0: guys listening right now, (laughs) who are first of all, there's those of you that are like, oh, I want to lose weight, or I want to change my diet, and blah blah. I don't know if I'm doing it right. Yes, this is for you. This is a really great tool. But then there's all of you that listen to us that are some sort of racing. How do I ramp runners? Um, Performance. Everyone that does Iron Man or triathlete right now needs to get this because you're going to freak out. Um, Personally. I'm always curious as to when do I eat my gel what do I do to and I've had you know over a decade of experience now of experiment of one over here I mess up all the time to this day I am like chomping at the bit to get a hold of like hmm I wonder how long I run before my glucose drops before I have to Take a gel, or what works better? Does, is it real food? Is it a gel? Is it uh, certain hydration? Were you not curious about that? No, I'm I mean, like, no, fascinating,
1: huh? and and huh? really, what I want to know always, constantly is is recovering from workouts and restoring, you know the glycogen stores and filling, refilling the glycogen stores and, mm-hmm. filling, the, the glycogen stores and yes. recovering from the workouts. And I think that this is a, a, a tremendous tool for that. So again, that's NutriSense. Uh, and Carly is, uh, you know, works with them. She's a registered dietitian, nutritionist on staff with them. And you're going to love this. I mean, it's really fantastic. Carly's fantastic. A lot of information here. Uh, we definitely break down some of the processes of, uh, you know, glycogen insulin resistance and, and metabolic uh, conditioning. But you
0: don't have to be a doctor to understand no, this conversation. I, I actually
1: say at the end of the episode, yeah. I think that this was actually the best way to kind of hear this information and absorb it because most people don't want the information being kicked to them by someone like in a lab coat or something. Yes, 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 yes. And this is not that. So we really hope you enjoy it uh, and check it out. You know, go on their Instagram page, uh, Nutrisense Io, and uh, check out what they're doing. And we hope you enjoy. To fit Crazy in a Microphone Podcast. Let's go. <laughs>
0: Christine Conti And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazy And the microphone. We are where it's at.
1: <laughs> Carly, how was that? That
0: Good. was amazing. <laughs> I love
1: it. All right. We'll get to you in a second. Christine, what's oh up? Oh,
0: my goodness. <laughs> Everything's up. Always, you know. I, Brian's upset at me because I came into the studio a little bit late. We
1: may have just had our first fight.
0: <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> and that's okay. and
1: 38 episodes or so here. And, uh,
0: you know. I'm, I I know. I'm sorry.
1: She threw foods at her kid, though, she told me. So I was like, all right, I get it. I get it. They wanted to eat.
0: (laughs) And you you had to leave. Mom, mom, I'm like, all
1: right, everyone.
0: Just fend for yourselves. I'll see you later. They're
1: always hungry when you have to walk out the door.
0: Or there's a question you need to answer that is not something that's simple. Like, where did this come from in the bathroom? <laughs> Why is there stuff all so anyhow. All right. Needless to say, we need to get on with it and get over this. Uh, Since Ted, we have I'm a sorry. registered dietitian nutritionist, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we know that
1: you just threw goldfish at your kids and asked them to eat real quick. So, <laughs> let's uh let's get to the real stuff.
0: <laughs> all right. So, we have today an amazing guest, Carly Hayes. Welcome to the show. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. Thank you so so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you.
0: Of course, and uh, we have a fun show. You know, we yeah, have some fun.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. We got to feed our kids from time to yeah. time. So, uh, where are you coming to us from today? Where Where do you live?
2: So I am in Washington State, about 45 minutes south of Seattle, and it feels like fall here. So I don't know where are you guys at.
1: It is uh we're in New Jersey, Jersey Shore, East Coast, and it is about uh ninety degrees with a hundred percent humidity. It's a sticky like it's like we live in an in, in an aquarium right now.
0: Oh, yeah. That's, but it's a good that's you summed it up pretty well. We right
1: there. we we eat seasonal foods to make ourselves feel cooler. How's that, right? It's watermelon season and it's corn season and peaches. Fruits and vegetables season always.
2: Oh yeah, you got to get on, on that. Uh it's interesting how different the two sides of the the world are or the country are right now, right? Like it is fall, 66 degrees outside, rainy, whole different feel over here. I'm feeling, you know, acorn squash and uh <laughs> all those uh pears and and in fall fall uh produce is kind of what I'm at, so. That's right. Of
1: Energetics of food, eat for your seasons, folks. Oh my goodness.
2: So, let's talk.
0: Let's talk about How, you know, we always, I always say our guests do not just fall on our podcast. There's something going on with them that's moving in the health and wellness and fitness and making people feel better. And you happen to be a registered dietitian and very much into nutrition. And let's talk first about what are you doing right now with that? What's, what's your title? What are you doing?
2: Yeah, great question. So you got it. You got it right. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist, which uh, can be a lot of things. But right now I'm focused in prevention, right? So I think that's what's really exciting about what I'm doing right now. If we look at my past, my history, I was really just kind of in conventional dietitian roles. So I was in outpatient counseling. And really what that meant is a doctor would refer someone to me after a diagnosis, usually, right? They would be diagnosed with prediabetes, diabetes, hypertension, or heart disease. And I would work to help the doctor treat that condition through nutrition. And so when I started doing this, I really loved it. I love helping people. I love food. So this combines best of both worlds. But what started to become kind of frustrating and pretty hard to um, ignore is that we're really putting the cart before the horse when we do it that way, right? So when people would come to me, they'd you know just be fresh with that diabetes diagnosis, pre-diabetes diagnosis, and they were really motivated to make a change, but they were also frustrated that no one told them you know the decades before that this would have, was a possibility. So uh, we know that all of these chronic conditions that uh, take a long time to develop diabetes, hypertension, all those things, 80% of them can be prevented or at least delayed with early lifestyle interventions. So when I really started to dig into the why, you know, why are we ignoring all these symptoms until they become a condition and we then can treat it? I started to notice that we're neglecting some certain things and a big portion of that is our metabolic health. We can get into what all that is and what that means and and glucose and all those nitty gritties as we go, but um, what I'm doing now really focuses on that. It focuses on prevention and just putting the power in the person's hand to prevent conditions rather than treat them later on, right? So right now I'm working for a company, it's a tech company called NutriSense, and we're doing some exciting things. We're using continuous glucose monitors, so CGMs, to monitor glucose 24-7 and then use that data to fine-tune your diet, fine-tune your lifestyle, and then change up your habits to something that's going to be sustainable and realistic to help you achieve whatever goal you have. And that's been really, really cool to kind of see... How we can use these wearables, this this device, to make such powerful changes?
1: That sounds. I want to get into Mm -hmm. all that—the CGM, Nutrisense, and all those things. But holy smokes, what a novel concept that you know we can um, (laughs) prevent all these illnesses and things by eating well and early intervention and not waiting until they, like you know, have a miserable disdain for all the. Good foods that we're gonna ask them to right. eat, like in the beginning, uh, you know, just just to clean it up. I, it's so frustrating. I'm the same, you know, same way, I, you know, just like asking people how are you eating, you know, and they, oh, I eat, you know, the same thing. They've got the diabetes and they're pre diabetic, and and you know the uh, all the, the obesity and the, the weight is off the charts, and you know here we are and. And all this stuff—it's just like—it's why is it so lost? Why is it so lost? Why are the doctors even waiting to send people, you know, to you? Why is it that, you know, this this doesn't make more sense to people early on?
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of different reasons for that. I do think that doctors have our best interest at heart that they're trying, and I think there's a lot of flaws in the way that our system is built. Right? It's focused on reactionary um, kind of treatment. So it's almost like that hurry up and wait, right? Where we're monitoring and as long as you're in a, a good range with your fasting glucose or all your other labs, then, okay, we'll just let you go. We'll check again next year. But really what we're finding is the optimal values are not the same thing as the acceptable values when we're looking at lab values or other markers of metabolic health. So a really good example of that is if you go to your doctor and you get a fasting glucose of 99, they're going to tell you that's normal because less than 100 is quote unquote normal. But really, when you start to look at the research and the data and the risks behind certain numbers, you find that, well, actually, that might be quote unquote normal, but it's not optimal. And I think there's a big difference there. We're focusing on what's normal, what's acceptable, and we're realized, we're not kind of taking into account that we can really focus on optimization and kind of living the best life possible. So that's what I think there's this disconnect. Um, we're focused on treatment. We're focusing focused on reacting to an issue versus preventing it. I do think there's not enough, you know, nutrition, metabolic um, education in our traditional health system right now, and that's definitely something that can change. But I do see this improving over time as more and more people have access to this data and they can follow along with this, not just once a year at their doctor's office, but every single day through their own monitoring. And that's one thing that I really want people to understand is the power is in your hands. You have control over your health. So it's not just you go to your doctor twice a year, they tell you everything's fine and you move on you have that power, you can make changes, and it doesn't have to be anything that's stressful or difficult. It can be exciting. So that's where the CGM comes into play. And if we think about traditional metrics for monitoring metabolic health, I think glucose really falls short. So when we think of metabolic health, I think that can be really confusing there's a statistic that's thrown around that 88% of Americans are not metabolically healthy. Have you guys heard this one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is shocking, right? Startling. But what we, what we don't know is, okay, what does metabolic health even mean? And there's a lot of different metrics that go into metabolic metabolic health. Um, You know, We want to make sure your triglycerides are are in the right place, your cholesterol, your waist circumference, your body weight, all these different things. And we do a pretty good job of monitoring those. But glucose is also another big part of that. And we're really just failing to monitor this. And this is something that's really that other vital sign that can tell us how our metabolism is working. And so when we think of metabolic health and, and making that accessible for every single person to look at, I think that's something that we can focus on and that's that's kind of where NutriSense comes into play.
0: So tell us what what is this? How is this going to I know you said wearable and oh my god who doesn't love a wearable at this point <laughs> of some of something with some data and it's, we're actually doing a, a webinar we on are. wearables. We're going to add the, this to the list. Yeah, we're adding this to it um, in you know in the fall about you know use and what's good and what you know what seems to be out there and so we love numbers we love wearables what is so what's now happening who who qualifies for this who gets it who should get it what is it
2: yeah great question and so it is the CGM right continuous glucose monitor CGM and what it is, is this little tiny wearable device that you insert into the back of your arm. And it's really about the size of two quarters that are stacked on top of each other. So it's super, super small. And it um, sticks this little tiny uh, flexible microfilament into your skin, into your interstitial fluid. Into your arm. So into your into arm. Into your
1: skin. You said insert into your oh, Okay. I'm with you. Just, just... I
2: can't tell you how many times I've had to walk someone through this process. And it's scary, right? Whenever you see this big needle and it's going to go in your arm, that can be really intimidating. But the, the thing I hear over and over again is this didn't hurt at all. So most of the time it's a painless procedure and it just inserts right into your interstitial fluid. So that little needle does not stay in your skin. What does stay in your body is a little tiny microfilament and it goes into your interstitial fluid. And that's just kind of that area in between your cells. And that's where we monitor glucose. And it's doing this 24-7, all day long, for 14 days. So you think about how we Who, normally... administer,
1: who administers that? How is that? I'm sorry. I, I, mean, I just want to I had another question here. And I wouldn't want to get too far. How is it administered? It's self-administered? So they get a kit?
2: Self-administered. It comes with the applicator. It comes with the sensor. And you connect those two. Really, really easy, and then push it in. I like to call it a little easy button because really, the sound is scarier than the application itself. You simply what's the sound?
1: Is it like a scream? It is,
2: (laughs) 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 or click, a click, (laughs) boo, (laughs) like like a little click. Um, And honestly, that sound is scarier than anything. It's just a loud click and then it's in. And I can't tell you how many times I've been, you know, on a video chat with someone helping them do this and they're like, wait, that was it? That that it's in now? And so I think that's really cool is that it, it's painless and you get tons and tons of data. So if you think about traditional metrics for measuring glucose, you know, if you know anyone that has diabetes, you probably are familiar with a glucometer, a glucose meter, mm-hmm. a little finger device that measures your glucose and gives you just a snapshot into what it is at any given time. And if you've ever done that yourself, you know that it doesn't feel great. It gives you calluses on your finger. You have to prick a bunch of times to get multiple pictures of what your glucose is doing. CGM, one click, you've got data for 24 days or 14 days, excuse me. Um, and you're monitoring 24-7. So what's cool about it is all that data comes onto your phone. So it's no waiting. You scan the sensor, and it's on your phone in real time. So there's from no your, disconnect. From your arm to
1: your phone? Like, from your arm to your phone. Like wireless? I mean, there's nothing. It's, it's, I'm connected to my arm. This is some of the science. I, I, I apologize. It blows my mind. Uh, I, I like it. I think, you know, uh, um, but it's, it's really interesting. Really interesting.
2: Oh yeah. We got to get you guys some. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, Christine, I'm going to tra- administer it's yours. It's going to track me.
1: I'll, I'll administer yours. You administer mine, but I'm going first. Okay. go. I'm going I'm to run away. <laughs> Can't catch me. <laughs> no, we're well, good. We're good.
2: Initially, these CGMs were only, available to individuals with type 1 diabetes and more recently type 2 diabetes that was poorly controlled so it does require a prescription so that's an important thing to know and it's a little bit more difficult to get a prescription so if you were to go to your doctor and say like hey i really just want to monitor glucose they're going to tell you your glucose is fine you probably don't need to monitor. Um, so it's a little bit tricky to get a prescription, but that's kind of what we're trying to do as a company is provide that prescription through our team of doctors to the people that really just want to use it for prevention versus treatment. Um, and so we provide you that prescription in our package. You get our app, which is really, really cool. That's where you see your glucose data. And that's where you can track your diet, your exercise, your stress, your sleep, all those factors that influence glucose right on your phone. And then you can see how your glucose is responding to each of those variables. And then that's it. And that's then real you have- time.
0: And you'll see it like real time on your phone. Like I just no. ate this. You'll see what happens to your body and your levels. That's crazy. Exactly. So exactly. What, what am I going to see? So what exactly is it going to, you know, what, what am I going to see when I open up that app and what is it that I'm looking for Exactly.
2: It's an excellent question. So when you open up the the app, you're going to see a graph of your glucose curve. And that's just a big fancy word for what is your glucose doing at any given moment. So when we look at glucose, I think the important thing to, to touch on first is what the heck even is glucose? What is it telling us, right? And so when we think about our metabolism, glucose is our main metabolic substrate. Simply put, that's our energy source. That's what our cells use for energy. That's what our body uses for energy. That's what most of the the organs in our body prefer for energy. And so glucose helps us move. It helps us have energy. It helps us think straight. And so we need a certain level of glucose in our body at all times to function properly. But our body works really, really hard to keep it kind of in this tightly controlled range. And that's just a a part of homeostasis, right? Right. So we keep it ideally between about 70 to 140 based on the research that we've seen. And whenever glucose goes a little bit above that range, our body has to work really, really hard to bring it back down. So if we think about a standard American diet where we're eating a lot of foods that have quickly digesting carbohydrates, um, added sugars, processed foods, those foods are engineered to be digested really, really rapidly in the body. And that can cause that high glucose value. So over time, you know, if we have those repeated glucose spikes that are a little bit too high, that can cause a lot of damage to our metabolism. And so by monitoring it and seeing, okay, how does this food affect me? We're able to kind of keep it in that tightly controlled range a little bit more effectively. So think about a normal system. If we eat foods, primarily carbohydrates are what's going to convert into glucose we expect our glucose to increase. That's a normal part of our metabolism. But the key there is how much is it increasing? How high is it going? And how quickly is it coming back down? And if we monitor all of those things, we can see which foods are producing what we call really good glucose curves. And we think of this as like the rolling hills of glucose. We have these big jagged spikes and these big drops that means that our body is kind of on this blood sugar roller coaster and it's really, really fighting hard to keep it controlled. So um, that can look different for every single person. A food that affects you really strongly and produces that huge shift might be really, really okay for me. Good example of this is my coworker and I have very different responses to starchy vegetables. If you think about a, a good carb, what do you think of?
0: Sweet potatoes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was just what I was going to say, too.
2: First thought that comes to my mind as well. Um, but really what we found is we both respond extremely differently to sweet potatoes. Okay. She eats a sweet potato. She spikes above that desired range every single time. I eat a sweet potato. My glucose goes up about 20 points, which is pretty moderate. So there's a lot of different factors that influence that. But the, the concept of bio-individuality, right? Like, We have different responses to the same foods, so we can't all eat the same diet, even if it's quote-unquote healthy or quote-unquote low glycemic. So I think that's really important to see and, and really interesting because some of those foods that are prescribed as good carbs or healthy foods might not be healthy for you. And there's a lot of reasons why this might be. One of those is your microbiome or your gut health. Uh, There was a study that that was put out in the last five years where, you know, people that are eating standardized meals to the same food will have drastically different responses. And if you're not measuring, there's no way for you to know this, right? So monitoring glucose and kind of seeing how you uniquely respond to each of those foods can help you identify the the best diet for you that's going to help you maintain that metabolic health.
0: You know what? I've just got angry for a second. I got riled up. And here's why. Here's (laughs) why. Here we go. Here's why. Because we, I mean, we talk all the time about, you know, we want you to eat, you know, more whole foods and, and eat things that are, don't have a bazillion, you know, chemicals and frankenfoods and ingredients in them. Yet what's interesting is that just like what you're saying, and I keep going back to this because people always ask, you know, what do you eat? What do you do? And I'm like, it, it's all about an individual. I talk a lot about arthritis and inflammation, and well, what's what diet should I eat? And I'm like, it's up. It's so individual. I don't know what is going to work for you. I know that, you know, um, nightshade vegetables are supposed to be good, but it, how does that work in your body? And what is interesting that we talk about is there's so many, let's say. Businesses and companies out there that are offering these really healthy, quote unquote, packaged meals. That's right. right.
1: The white knight that comes in and saves your whole existence. Like,
0: this is here's this meal. I have
1: what you need.
0: Right. And it's all, I mean, and it may be even foods that are, like you said, it could be even like a sweet potato, and everybody, you get a sweet potato (laughs) and you get a sweet potato. and, And it's, what I don't understand is why people don't realize how individual this is, that I know if Brian and I ate the same exact thing, we would have very different results, I would think, just because we're just two different people and we train sure. differently and we sleep and whatever. Um, what's what's the deal here? What's, what's holding people back? Is it this information? Is it we just want to have, are we just lazy and we want someone to tell us? Is that what it is? I don't bit, know. A little bit.
2: Well, I think it's it, there's a lot of different factors there. And you bring up a really good one is that a lot of times, you know, if someone's telling you that there's one answer to one problem, then they're oversimplifying it. They're usually trying to sell you something, right? We always say data over dogma because – there's no one-size-fits-all diet. That's just a thing of the past. And I think we're realizing that more and more now is that um, you know these prescriptive diet plans. For example, in my training as a dietitian, we were told that every single person should have between 45 and 65 percent of their diet from carbohydrates. After seeing thousands and thousands of data of, of people's data, testing carbs and testing different macronutrient splits and and trying different things, I know that. That was based on something that's no longer valid. I know now that everyone has a different carbohydrate tolerance. So for instance, if you have more muscle mass, right? If we think about glucose, there are two different storage spots for it. There's the liver, which we don't have a whole lot of control over, but our muscle is the second spot. And we have a lot of control over that. So the more active you are, the more glucose tolerance or carbohydrate tolerance that you'll likely have. So when we look at someone and we don't take into account their exercise or how much they're moving after their meals, and we prescribe them just a generic carbohydrate amount, that's that's doing a disservice to their body and, and their individuality. So we know now that yeah, what works for you might not work for me, and that's okay. That's why we need to monitor and we need to test a little bit better to know exactly what's right for each individual person. Um, and yeah, I think there's a lot of flaws there, but. It's really cool to see how your body responds to different things. There's a lot of other factors, and I think, you know, gender differences are a big one as well. Women typically have a lower carbohydrate tolerance than men. So you might have the same exact meal as your partner, but have a larger glucose response. And that's something we can see right away with that real-time data, and we can adjust it by lowering the carbohydrates or boosting the protein or any of these other glucose hacks that we can get into that can kind of produce that smaller glucose curve. And so when we think about that big, spiky kind of glucose shift that we talked about, those are the things that we really want to avoid. In the short term, what we feel if we have those big glucose shifts So say, Christine, say that you have a sweet potato and you spike really high. That's just not a great food for you. What happens is your glucose increases. And if it increases past like a 20 to 30 point shift in glucose, what you can sometimes feel is an energy shift, an energy drop. So sometimes if you're having a larger spike, say you go from a low glucose value to a really high glucose value really quickly, then your energy will shift. You feel kind of fatigued. You feel tired, you feel like you might need to take a nap. If you've ever had a post-meal slump, um, that's probably what's going on, right? You're having this blood sugar roller coaster and your body's working really, really hard to bring glucose back down. What can sometimes happen is every single time that we eat carbs, we eat anything that causes glucose production in the body, our body responds by secreting insulin to kind of bring that glucose back down to baseline. But with these standard American diet carbohydrates that we've talked about, sometimes we accidentally produce more insulin than is needed to bring glucose back down. And when that happens, if we fall really, really low in our glucose, we start to get shaky. We start to start to get irritable. We don't feel so great. We feel hungry. We feel just kind of um, not, not our best. And so those are kind of the short term effects of that glucose roller coaster or those high glucose spikes. And sometimes when we start to monitor, we can see that a little bit more clearly. Um, over time, right, if you're constantly having that increased glucose, insulin responds by bringing glucose down. And this is happening over and over again to a point where it's it's just too much on your body. What happens is the body is going to start um, releasing more and more insulin to bring glucose back down. And then the body's not going to listen to that insulin. It's going to say, hey, I've, I've been working really, really hard. I'm going on strike here and this is what we call insulin resistance, right Our body's not no longer listening to the signals that it's sending and we start to have those high glucose values kind of creep up in the body. And then this is where we start to see kind of those things that we talked about from the beginning. We start to see um, the early signs of metabolic dysfunction. So we can have oxidative damage in our body. we can have inflammation. And over time, repeated exposure to these high glucose values and these big shifts, that's what ultimately can lead to insulin resistance or that poor metabolic health. So it all starts with monitoring it and seeing it firsthand.
0: All right. That's that's what I was going to say to even to Brian. The two of us have been years now. It's years of listening to, you know, all these, I would say all these top medical and fitness and nutrition and exercise science people talk about inflammation right and that was going to be that was a question and i'm going to have you i want you to follow up on this and what you think um because i was going to say what is so now we're looking at you know we're looking at um glucose and now we're looking at the damage that it's doing you know these big spikes and now that leads to oxidation of this and now inflammation of that and what You know what are we? You know because honestly, everyone says that the root of all evil is literally inflammation, of anything. Right. So, what are we? You know what are we looking for here? What what are we trying to prevent? Is the is the biggest thing? I guess I want our listeners and even I don't know what you think about that, Brian. I'm
1: I'm trying to follow you, but um, (laughs) no, honestly, (laughs) and and, and, no, I think you're right. I think we're kind of talking about two different things. I mean, all of this causes inflammation, right? The, the, the glucose levels being very, very high and the obesity and the unable to, to process all, you know, everything that, that is coming through our bodies just creates nothing but inflammation. Um, so yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, it does.
0: That's what I'm trying yeah. to, yeah. cause you know, a lot of our listeners don't realize, or people out there don't realize the damage that, you know, you're like, Oh, glucose. Oh, it's, is this sugar? Am I just crashing? I'm up and down and well, no, 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 everybody. This is this has a direct correlation to you possibly getting no, it's an po- autoimmune it's, it's or poison, right?
2: Yeah, and I guess an important distinction is that a single glucose spike is probably not going to hurt you, right? I don't want anyone to be scared that I can't eat these foods or or this is bad or whatever it may be, because I think that sometimes is a concern when people start to monitor their glucose. Really, what happens is repeated exposure is what's going to cause ultimately that inflammation, that damage to our microvasculature, that oxidative damage in our cells, and then ultimately insulin resistance. So it's kind of this cascading event. It's not just you're, you're inflamed or you're not inflamed, you're insulin resistant or you're not insulin resistant. It's kind of the spectrum. So every single one of our cells has an insulin receptor. And again, going back to a normal metabolism, uh, kind of that working properly, insulin's going to come in, be secreted by the body and do its job to bring glucose back down to a healthy range. We're going to have these like rolling hills of glucose and that's normal. That's expected. Our glucose does not have to be a straight line. But when we're thinking of a dysfunctioning metabolism or when that inflammation starts to occur, that's when we're eating those same foods or we're eating foods that are not great for our body. And we're causing glucose to skyrocket over and over again and that's making our body work really hard. We need more insulin to bring glucose down. And then ultimately we see those things happen. So when we start to monitor this, we can see, first of all, are there any foods that might not be great for me? Um, there's there's foods that we all know probably aren't the, ba- the best. Sodas, candies, processed grains, that sort of thing. So I don't think that's really a surprise for, for some people, but... Certain things like how the portion size of rice that you have with your dinner or the time that you eat your rice at dinner, all of those things can have meaningful impacts on how you respond and how your glucose responds to that meal. So by monitoring that, you can see, okay, here's some small little shifts that I can do to keep glucose a little bit more stable, avoid those big spikes, those big crashes, and produce what we call an optimal glycemic variability. That's just a big, fancy word for we want to keep glucose pretty stable. We don't want these high shifts. We want to keep it kind of within that optimal range. And by monitoring glucose and that that feedback that you get in real time, you're able to make those decisions, right? I think, like I mentioned, everyone knows they should avoid processed sugars. I don't think there's anyone that knows that that's not a great thing. Mm-hmm. But knowledge can only get you so far, right? Sometimes you need that that feedback that's right in your face at the moment that you're doing it to make those habits of staying away from sugar or um, avoiding nighttime eating or whatever you're doing a little bit stickier, a little bit easier to keep in your daily routine. So it's not enough just to know it. Education is powerful, but it doesn't always help with behavior change. Behavior change happens when you're able to see that and you're able to see, well, when I do this thing, I have this good result or when I don't do this thing, this is what happens. And over time, that repeated kind of reminder that your habits make a difference, that's what's going to stick. And that's, what's going to prevent that inflammation and ultimately help you live a longer, healthier life.
1: Awesome. How long does it take once the, you know, the, the data starts streaming in and you can get a good out, you can get a good look and maybe there's a pattern that develops. How long until you can start seeing what's you know, the issue at hand and, and when you can, you know, you can start making changes and like, what's the timeline for all of this than, and, you know, average, I guess.
2: That's an excellent question. I would say it really depends on the person. You know, if you have big goals to accomplish, like a lot of our, our uh, individuals in our program might have big weight loss goals, or maybe they want to lower their fasting glucose or reverse insulin resistance or any of those big goals, those might take a little bit longer but I really think most people can get some good insight within one month. And I use that word insight because I think that's what you're primarily gonna get. We always say that when you first start monitoring glucose, it's gonna be 90% insight. Oh, wow, this food does this to my body. Oh, if I go for a walk after my meal, it brings glucose down, right? You're kind of getting those insights into how your normal behaviors and any changes that you make can affect your normal baseline. So you get a lot of insights right in the, in the beginning, but then after that, you know, if you need that behavior change partner, that accountability buddy, that's also what the CGM is great for. That just might take a little bit longer. So for those big goals, I'm going to say like three to six months is probably ideal. But for anyone, you can get great insight, a lot of information about your body and things that you might need to focus on within just two sensors. So, so one month.
1: And and what is the process from your end? So now you're receiving the data or the, the, the you know, the I don't know, patient. I guess if you need a prescription it's a patient involved, uh, uh or client uh they have the the information. You're privy to that as well. You're seeing it too, or they're sharing it with you, and you're able to then kind of react. Is there ever an instance where there's like a red bat phone where you're like, put it down now? You know, no, no. like you have to pick up the emergency ringer. Um, you know, ha Smacking a donut <laughs> out of someone's yes. hand. Whatever you're doing no, right now, no. stop it. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, is there, um, ever in, in a way that, um, you know, how long does it take for you to see what's happening so that you can help them? Maybe they're not understanding exactly what they're seeing. They're just kind of seeing like big um, you know, waves or you know, or small waves and you know you can kinda of hold their hand a little bit and walk them through the process.
2: That's an excellent question. I so I am a dietitian, right? My primary goal for the for my program, we call our, our people our members, right? They're members of our program. Fair enough. When we sign up, members, yeah. Um, you're paired with a dietitian, and that's your personal dietitian throughout the entire one month of your program. So if you start your program, you get complimentary support from someone like me, so a real human, for a month. And so I think that's probably what sets our program apart from anyone else doing CGM work or this preventative work with CGMs, is that we provide that real human aspect. So we have a, an awesome team of dietitians that are trained in exactly this, right? how to improve your glucose, how to improve your metabolism, how to achieve weight loss with this information. And so every person has that dietitian that follows along with them. And so they view their data and they can reach out proactively and say like, Hey, I saw that you spiked from your oatmeal this morning. Here's some things we could try. What sounds good to you? What do you want to try? And that way you can kind of find what works for you based on those suggestions And then also they're available for any question that that person has. Um, I will say when you first start monitoring glucose, it's a lot of data. It's a lot of information. And so sometimes interpreting your baseline and your glucose curves and, you know, all those other things, it can be a lot. And so that's where I think that personal aspect can be really helpful. We have everyone that comes to our program fill out a comprehensive goals questionnaire to let them know like, hey, these are my goals. This is my barriers. This is the way that I eat. And then that dietitian is going to try and work with those preferences and your data to find something that's going to be realistic. So uh, one thing, you know, I mentioned data over dogma. We don't prescribe diets. We can, you know, take your preferences and kind of work along with it and make some tweaks, do some experiments, maybe try this instead of this. And that way we can get to a, a place that's going to be something that the person can actually stick with.
1: That, that they enjoy. Uh, we,
2: yeah. yeah, that's that's half of the, the issue, right? Sure. How many people have tried diets and it's been great while it lasted, but it wasn't something you could stick to long-term.
1: I love it when they say, I'm going to go back to that. I was successful when I did that. It's like so <laughs> successful that it didn't work for, you know, now you're, you know, where you are now because it didn't work uh, long-term. Um, so I, I think that, you know, with, with glucose we you know we go right to carbohydrates and this is what we're monitoring here how you know how do fats play into this how do proteins play into this um you know we know that a fatty cell is not very receptive to insulin um you know it creates an issue where the you know the insulin is not able to be absorbed by that fatty cell how do you know what what are you are you able to see anything other than the glucose or is what you're seeing kind of tell a story with that as well yeah that's
2: that's every bit a part of what we do as well is kind of seeing how those other macronutrients interplay with glucose as well. So you made a a really good point that, you know, our body is going to respond to protein and fat and carbohydrates differently. So when we think about glucose and glucose rising after a meal, that's primarily a meal with carbohydrates. So there's a lot of things that we can do to kind of mitigate that spike or kind of keep it in those optimal ranges So a couple things that we can do is we can kind of play around with your protein, fat, and carb ratio in your meals. There's been a lot of studies that show if you really, really focus on pairing your carbohydrates with a fat or a protein, you can blunt that glucose response. So when we think about protein, it does have an insulinogenic effect. So it stimulates insulin, but to a much lesser extent than carbohydrates. So when we think about carbohydrates, I like to think of those as fast burning fuels. And this is for a reason, you know, if we're needing food right away and we reach for a carb, that's, there's a reason behind that. Our body knows that we can convert carbohydrates into glucose much quicker than anything else. But we can kind of leverage that to our advantage. If you have a carbohydrate, say oatmeal, right? If you eat that in isolation by itself, it's probably going to produce a much higher, more dramatic glucose curve than if you paired it with other macronutrients. So that fat, much, much slower to digest, protein, much slower to digest. So that kind of slows that digestion down and we can get a much more gradual glucose response. And a lot of times, because it's happening a little bit slower, we feel full for longer. So we're we're able to kind of stay satiated, stay full until our next meal. Versus, oh, wow, my glucose just spiked and it's down. I need something right now. And that's another thing that we can really focus on is how often are we eating? You made a really good point that if insulin is stimulated and secreted all the time, right? You think about people that are grazing all day long. They're sitting at their desk. They have a little candy drawer and they're just pulling on it all day long. Small little amounts, right? But every single time that we're eating that, insulin has to do its job. And when insulin is there, it's really, really hard for us to tap into our fat stores. So from, you know, weight loss perspective, from metabolic health, if we keep our our insulin response kind of in a shorter window and enough fasted time in between our meals, we're able to kind of mitigate that a little bit better. We can tap into our fat stores and we can kind of keep glucose a little bit more stable throughout the day. So definitely some things we can kind of pull on there and use those to our advantage. So I always say that it's not about what you're eating. It's about the the composition of your meals, the timing of your meals, and how frequently you're eating as well.
0: I love to talk about how there's so many different theories out there of what we should be doing, and what this might do and this might do and if i was oprah and we were on our super soul conversation podcast <laughs> i would i would stop you and and tweet Who's oprah? and tweet out the um the data over dogma because this is so important so important before anyone opens up their mouth to please take a look at data i'm here i'm i'm doing the recap right now of please take a look at the data and please take a look at how do you feel? You know, if you think that something's off when you're eating something and and whatnot, I I think this is a fantastic wearable. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I had my my father. I know he had type two diabetes, and I remember his fingers. Like he was always like jabbing his fingers. Like I don't know how many times a day. And I'm like, um, I think there's blood on the counter again. You know, like just mm-hmm. I, but he was always testing and testing and testing and I mean what a what a great tool you know to be used for so many people that hey maybe they just you know again doctors are gonna say certain things but like you said taking your health into your own hands what an awesome tool and you know what I keep thinking the whole time what I had to get my hands on one of these things <laughs> for for running. No, I was just going to ask I that was my next so question. I am so intrigued because we are just trying to nail our hydration and nutrition athletic so performance. <sighs> oh, take us there, Carly.
1: Take us to athletic performance and how we can use this to, you know, burn fat Be better. better and conserve that glucose <laughs> stores and all that.
2: Yes, I, I think this is definitely a tool that if you are a runner or if you're a pro athlete, you know, I've worked with Olympic swimmers, I've worked with marathon runners, and really this tool is excellent for determining the best fueling and the best fueling timing for the workout that you're trying to do and the exercise performance that you're striving for. So if you think about exercise, we're really just trying to fuel our bodies to move in the best way possible. And again, glucose is going to be one of the big fuels that you're tapping into. We can tap into glucose or we can tap into ketones. And what you're tapping into is really going to depend on what type of exercise that you're doing and the intensity level. So a lot of times for athletes that are running long distances, Christine, do you run long? Are you endurance we both runner? We do. Or?
0: Yeah. We both do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So endurance running, which is really interesting. Um, You can kind of tap into both of those. So when you're running really, you know, moderate intensity for long periods of time, you can use your glucose and your glucose stores and your muscles like we talked about. But you can also tap into that fat store, right? You're running for longer. You're not doing really like intense movements like sprints or boxing. So you can kind of tap into that slower burning fuel, those ketones. And what's really cool with the glucose um, meter and monitoring your glucose with the CGM as you can see, if you're bonking, I've worked with my, uh, one of my members, she was running an ultra marathon. So what we found was she would go for her morning runs and uh, she'd totally bonk. And you could see this in her data, right? She'd have stable, stable glucose. and all of a sudden it just dipped. And that was almost always um, accompanied by just like fatigue or she felt kind of like she was hitting the wall. She wasn't able to get through that run effectively. And so what we really try doing is, okay, let's try and fill up those glycogen stores or your glucose storage space the night before, or we can kind of play around with what you're eating before the run to get you through that. So a lot of times something as simple as that can help improve your performance. And then also we can work on what's called metabolic flexibility. And this is really important for athletes as well, is the ability to utilize whatever fuel source you have available. So again, we can use glucose or we can use ketones. But if your body is only used to running on glucose, it's not going to know how to tap into ketones as well. I don't know if you guys have experienced this. Absolutely, at
1: all. no, and, and you you have to train. I mean, you have to train to mm-hmm. to slow burn that glucose, or else it's all going to go away, and you are going to hit the wall. There's a name for it, right? We, uh, yeah. I've been there. Uh, you know, I try to avoid it, and I've had great days where I never hit it, and and felt like I could run forever. Um, you know, and, and a lot of it is training. Like it has to come, you know, way ahead of the event, uh, you know, in, in order for it to go, go right. Um, so I think that this would be a tremendous tool to use, not for the race day, obviously, you know, at that point it's too late. You're either going to do it or you're not, um, you yeah. know, is, is to get through some of the training and see how your body reacts to some, some of those things. And I, and, and again, the timing is, is very important. Uh, you know, on race days, especially, you know, Christine's an Iron Man, um, marathons, uh, marathons, you know, I'm a one trick pony. I'm just running out there. She's swimming and biking too. But, um, you know, it's, it's really important to, uh, train your body to burn that fuel efficiently. So using this as a tool to see how you burn it, I, I just see nothing but value in it.
2: Yeah. And what's cool is, we could experiment, right? I think sometimes we're tied down to, well, if I do this, I have to keep doing this. And I don't know if it's working or if it's not working. You can see in real time, you know, you, you try a different eating regimen before your runs or your, your practice, whatever you're doing for a couple of days, you can kind of see if it's working or not, and you can just quickly adjust. So I think that's really cool because it's more efficient, right? You can try more things. You can find out what's working for your individual body to fuel whatever movement that you need to fuel. Hmm.
0: I feel like I know a couple million Ironmans, like ironmen that are like uh, type a personality that would be the, all over this. they love
1: the tech oh my gosh. they love the. they love the wearables I, I'm thinking about this is this a wearable it's a wearable yeah. are we is it an insertable <laughs> what do, like is it you know are we it wearing t-shirtable? it or is it or is it wearing us um
0: yeah <laughs> right i know i'm
1: I'm fascinated by the whole injection thing it's okay i i'm i, I, I i i know it's coming i know all this technology and all these things are are on the horizon if not obviously they've arrived um you know and all these cool you gotta talk about that
0: though you said it's 14 days right it goes in but after 14 days tell us what happens because then you said to track it for the month or the or six to eight months like how does that whole how to explain that
2: yeah. In so, out
0: a different spot I do it. It comes
1: it falls out of orbit and crashes into the ocean. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just like yeah. that. So yeah, they're they're fourteen days and what would happen, they just kinda stick onto your skin kind of like a band-aid. They're, you know, water resistant, so you can shower, you can swim to a certain um, extent with them, you can work out, like they're just part of your normal life. But when it stops getting scans and you've kind of reached that fourteen days, you just pull it off like a band-aid, put it in the trash. And then you apply the other one to your other arm. So if you do a month program, right, then you have two. And you can kind of get that, that 28 days of data within that month. Um, and that's really cool because, you know, maybe the first sensor is just establishing a baseline and seeing what's your normal. And then the second sensor, you can really do some fun things and experiment with it and see what happens when you, you know, eat that consistent carbs through your exercise. Or if you're fasted, like what happens to your glucose and does that relate to your energy while you're while you're moving So what's really cool about exercise specifically is that we can see very, very different glucose responses. So remember, I said exercise is one of the influencers of glucose. That's going to affect your glucose differently. So we talked about how sometimes you can bonk, right? You can decrease your glucose if you're going steady state cardio for a long period of time. And that's normal. That's what we would expect. We can work to optimize that. Same sort of thing with high intensity movements, right? If you're doing like a, a hit training or CrossFit or whatever it is, if you're doing something really intense, or if you're doing it in a fasted state where your, your reserves of glucose aren't very high, then we can actually see a huge spike in glucose. And this is actually normal. It's kind of cool to see. This is just your body producing its own glucose or releasing glucose from its stores to fuel that movement. So it's really cool to see like how, you know, intense was this workout. Did I have a huge spike? And again, that's normal, that's good as long as it's below a certain point. So if you do spike above that certain point, we can experiment with your hydration, we can experiment with your electrolyte intake or just kind of how you're you're doing your movements, how you're fueling the day before and kind of see if we can optimize that as well.
0: So there's like a if we both did this, Brian, there could be like a winner. Like we could like somehow make yeah. it a competition. How's your glucose, bitch? Yeah. Did you spike as much as I did? You maybe not working out as hard. Yeah, right. Oh, uh, game on. Uh, and
1: that's where <laughs> we Look at you over there it. with your sissy blue glucose. All right. Um, so I I like this. I got to find out. So Carly, how much of this is like new to you, right? This is new science, right? I mean, how much of this did you have to kind of learn on the fly actually, you know, as a registered dietitian and, and, you know, nutritionist and you're looking at these things anyway, but you know, as this stuff comes in and you're presented with this startup and you know, did did you, did you kind of like, you know, did your jaw hit the ground with any of this stuff? I mean, it's, it's, it's cool, right? I mean, how much of it did you have to kind of learn as you, as you went?
2: Yeah. Um, that's an interesting question. I've never been asked that, but I would say all of it. Right. So, again, I was trained in this traditional setting. Right. I was trained just like everyone else to prescribe this and do this. And this is how you do it. So when I came into this and I was already frustrated, I think that helped me be primed to accept new information that might be a little different than the norm. But really, you're right. This is new science and the data It's coming out a lot now, but we were really one of the first companies to look at continuous glucose data in a preventative space. So a lot of these things, um, you know, when we were seeing the data, there wasn't this data to reflect on. We were just relying on the research studies in the literature and then relating that back to what we were doing. So we spent a ton of time researching and really, you know, diving into what was already existing. And then we've been able to learn so much just by seeing thousands of people's data. So I think... Um, it was a big learning curve, but it's been the most exciting and the most impactful thing I've ever done. You know, I, I worked as a, a dietitian for a long time and I always felt like I was, you know, helping people find what they wanted to do. But now we can see again, is this working for you or is this not? Or what can we shift? What can we try to make, help you reach your goal? I think that's just really empowering. And um, again, data over dogma. I'm never going to prescribe one thing. And I think people know their body better than they think that they do and this is just the tool that allows them to really tap into that
0: like you said before it's another tool for accountability and it's a 24/7 accountability this is not like a you can hide from your trainer or ghost the person that's texting you to see how you're doing or what's going on it's this is you know this is where we're at i mean i can't i can take my my watch off even that I wear with me for my heart rate and and steps or whatever, but you're it's kind of different if you've invested in this and you have it stuck to your body. I think there's there's nope,
1: something a little nobody's doing more. anything anymore without data. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's just like and, and kind of in a sense like why would you, you know, like why not get that that feedback, you, you know? It, it's just like that we have so many tools and. Look, some can be used, you know, to, to detriment with, you know, people's personalities. You know, it, it's not it's not for everybody, just like we tend to put some people, you know, let some people use the scale and some people not use the scale. You know, like they, it, 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 for some people, it can really work against them. So, you know, all this, uh, you know, the, the wearables, it's interesting. It's kind of the best of times and worst of times. And we'll get into that for certain when we get into our, our webinar that we put on in a couple of weeks on, on you know, wearables and and, and you know, Pros and cons, mm-hmm. uh, no doubt about it. But I, but you know, like like we've been saying, we're you know, uh, data data over dogma, and you know we're experiments of one, and that data is unique to us, and it's very important that you know we get proper data, and then know what to do with it. And working with someone like yourself on the back end of everything, it just uh, tells us a whole lot more than. Uh, than than what the um you know the dips and the dives of, of the uh of the of the glucose monitoring uh, you know as it goes, so awesome stuff I, I, really intriguing i mean we we are definitely like in science fiction um, on a lot of this stuff from from my
0: standpoint you know I, how how awesome are our guests that give us all this awesome information and we're right. like do, 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 right, right in our head you know <laughs> and we get to calculate everything and it's it is fascinating, and I know our listeners are going to love this. I do want you to to tell everyone before we forget, which we won't. So, all right. Say, wow, I'm fascinated. I, this is something that could be really cool. What's my first step on getting this or finding out more?
2: Yeah. Uh, so I would encourage anyone that's curious to first follow us on Instagram, Io we're also on Twitter, we're on Facebook. So a lot of times we're posting studies or we're posting results from our members, right? So I think you can learn a little bit more and just kind of feel more comfortable with our company and see that we're actual real humans that really care about this and are kind of united over this passion. Um, So follow us on there. And then if you want to sign up, you can visit NutriSense.io for more information. And everyone that signs up right this is a prescription. So you have to fill out a health questionnaire. And then if you're approved for the program, you are, you know, enrolled, we send you the CGMs, you get hooked up with the app, and then you get assigned your personal dietitian. So um, that's kind of how it works. And if you have questions, feel free to visit our website and our support team is there to help too.
0: So le- let me ask this then, if it's a prescription, is this, are we talking insurance? Or are we talking not insurance? Always, always a question in the health field.
2: Yes, and it's an awesome question. We hope to be covered by insurance someday, but we're not right now, unfortunately. You can use like an FSA card, um, any like s- uh, savings account that your um, your insurance gives you to purchase the program. So that's an option. We're just not reimbursed by pro- um, insurance at this time.
0: One okay. day, right? We're all yeah. fitness, nutrition, all of it should be uh, oh, something we're working on. Right?
1: You're, you're too damn helpful. <laughs> you know, too damn helpful yeah. for 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 them to cover you on that. Uh, you know, I love I love that stuff. Okay, so this is not covered, but that is right. Okay, I know. we get it. Um. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I, I, you know, look, I, all this stuff is new to me and it'll take me some time to absorb. I have a long car ride after this and I'm going to be sitting there thinking about all this, uh, uh, you know, technology, but, but I get it. I get it. It's data. It's, it's a, just a way for us to source the, that and for, um, people, uh, you know, using this technology to see it and be able to help us. So I'm in. I'm in. Count me in. I think it's really cool. I'm, Count re- me I'm in.
0: like, huh, Okay.
2: <laughs> oh, we got to get you guys signed up.
0: Oh, my goodness. All right. I'm thinking like, like what is my iced coffee going to do to this thing? <laughs> that's all I was thinking. Because in the afternoon, that's like mm-hmm. a guilty pleasure. I have an iced coffee. And it's like, phew, phew. like it just spikes me. And I'm like, yeah. And then an hour later, I'm like, oh. So, uh, you know, I know. It's what yes. it is. It could be worse. That's and, what I and, tell and myself. And like
1: anybody, like, you know, we train hard. So, and it's like am i why am i tired why am i running out of steam you know what is it like am i just overdoing it i want, you know and on one hand or is it you know i'm not fueling it properly if i fueled it better would i feel better? you know right. and all those things it's probably a little bit of both as as we go uh you know lord knows i'm not getting any younger here and i I, I do work i do <laughs> like to work uh double time uh you know and, and careers are busy and families are busy and You know, we're definitely uh, being tugged at at many ends. And I'm providing you stress. Yeah. (laughs) Christine, (laughs) lovely. I love you. (laughs) That's right. So um but but this has been very very informative and very uh fun. I think it's uh, it's a good way to kind of get this information out there in a way that's uh not, you know, not necessarily super clinical or, you know, no one's listening to a uh, you know, I look, I've made enough jokes to for this to not apply as highbrow um throughout this whole thing. <laughs> so like, you know, we can uh it's a, it's a good way for for I think people to hear this information and and not think of it as, you know, coming from the future. And some lab coat, uh, you know, AI is going to, you know, jump into our bodies at some point. Uh, Right. Right.
2: Well, I think, you know, the thing that at NutriSense we're really trying to do is help anyone that wants to reach their health potential do just that. So it doesn't matter if you are extremely knowledgeable and know nothing about glucose or you're somewhere in between, we're going to help you, right? So I think we want to help as many people as possible get empowered by this information so that they can just have the best health span that that they can.
0: Meet them where they are. And you said this is all about preventing everything, people. So uh, I haven't met anyone yet who said, hey, you know what? Hey, I don't think you should exercise or eat well, or I don't think that's going to help you in the future. I don't know. I haven't met that person yet. Right. So I don't know. It's That'd worth be- a try, people. I yes. love it. <laughs> love it. All right. So thank you so much, Carly. It has been an absolute Pleasure. And we will get all that information out to our listeners in the show notes and and put that all out on our platforms as well. And, um, Brian, good show. Good show, Christine. Thanks for showing up. Good show. (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
1: All right. Thank you very much. This has been fantastic.
2: Thanks, guys.
0: All right. With that said, it is Christine Conte And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazes. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.